Good day, all. Welcome to a new episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want you to remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Hi, Saints. Welcome. I thank you for tuning in today. We have reached um, episode six, yes, of this 12-part series. And I think we may be able to shorten the series if I continue to do it on Saturdays and Sundays and adding a third chapter. We may be able to narrow it down to nine episodes, okay, which is good because that means that I can switch to the next series, which will be a two-part episode uh, um, reading from, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to make you wait. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make you wait. So um, I am now reading from the New King James Version. You know, if you guys can recall yesterday, I read from the ESV. I'm reading from the New King James Version today to lessen my explanations because the New King James does have better English words than the ESV. So I won't have to give an explanation as often, okay? So without further delay, let's go to verse 1 of chapter 16. Then he, that he is Paul, came to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. Timothy is being introduced now uh, into the Gospels. Okay. The son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. Verse 2. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Verse 3. Paul wanted, wanted to have him go on with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. Now, it was a Jewish law um, that if a the mother of a son, a boy, was Jewish and the father was Greek or either Gentile, Greek and Gentile mean the exact same thing, meaning you are a non-Jew, that that son had to be circumcised. It has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with salvation Paul was just trying to keep the peace. Okay. Verse four. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. You remember the four things we were asked to, uh, to refrain from or, or abstain from. Okay. Verse five. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. They were adding disciples to the kingdom of God, not to a denomination, to the kingdom of God daily by preaching the gospel. Okay. Verse six. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now, the Holy Spirit will tell you where, where not to go because it is not God's will for you to die preaching the gospel. There are certain places I will not go when I receive an invite to come and, and teach um, or preach because the Holy Spirit just won't permit me to do it because my type of teaching today is scarce. Um, a lot of false teachings have entered the church because of denominations. And if I go in there telling the truth, I won't be stoned or killed, but I would probably be asked to leave. And I am not going to compromise the truth of God's word 
for a denomination. That's not me. And I am not the only one that, that teach the truth. I'm not. There are a lot of good ministries out here who teach the truth like I do and bash denominations because denominations are sending people to hell. If your faith is in that church and their denomination and their traditional teachings, you're not saved. And I don't have a plot, a problem sharing that as most, but I share it in love. Because I want everybody to be saved just like God does. But we both know that everyone is not going to be saved. Because everyone is not going to accept the truth. That you need Jesus and Jesus alone to be saved. Okay. Now verse uh, 7. After they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia. But the spirit did not permit them. There, There we go again. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Trias. Uh, verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10, now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought, when he said we, you got to remember Luke wrote Acts. So Luke was with them, but the writer is not saying, you know, hey, me, Luke, I'm here. He is saying immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, uh, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Wherever they were called to go, they were called to go there and preach the gospel. Okay, now Macedonia is northern Greece, including the cities of Philippi and um, Thessalonica, to which Paul later addressed three of his epistles. Okay, now um, verse 10. Now, after he had seen the vision immediately, I'm reading that again. We sought to go to Macedonia in uh, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Verse 11. Therefore, sailing from trials, we ran a straight course to Samthrace. Okay, and the next day came to Neapolis. Now, verse 12, and from there to Philippi, they traveled all over the world, as you can see, to different nations and different cities, preaching the gospel. Um, uh, let me let me read verse 12 again. And from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. Verse 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was, was customarily made. Okay. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met, um, hold up. Let me read that again. Um, verse 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to, to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Okay, the women who gathered there, that's who they spoke to. Verse 14. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. Now, she had to be rich because uh, in Lydia, there was um, the color purple uh, was very expensive. Anything made with the color purple was very costly and only could be afforded by the rich people. So the fact that she made things with purple is an indication that she was, she was wealthy. Okay. And she who worshiped God, the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Remember I told you during this, uh, 
series that if God searches your heart, like um, Nicodemus, um, if he searches your heart and he find that you are seeking the truth, he will send someone there who know the gospel to preach it to you for salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely would. So this is what happened with this lady, how Paul, how God, the Holy Spirit led him to her to preach the gospel, not preach a denomination, but to preach the gospel of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how nice you are. If you don't have forgiveness of sins, which can only come through the shedding of blood that Jesus, Jesus shed on Calvary's cross, you are not saved. You can be as nice as you want, but unless you um, believe on the finished work that Jesus did on that cross, you will never be saved. Mm hmm. I, I mean, let the truth be the truth. We're trying to lead people to salvation here. Um. So let's read this last part of verse 14. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Verse 15. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, us, because Luke was with them. It was Luke, Paul and Timothy. OK, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, meaning you if you believe I have really accepted the Lord and that I am saved, come to my house and stay. So he so she persuaded us. So they did end up staying there. Verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, meaning a fortune teller, a medium, a Miss Cleo. OK, met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Verse 17. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Verse 18. And this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed turned and said to the spirit because it, it, it is a spirit that caused people to act like that. Now act like what she was telling uh, the truth about them being um, men of the most high God and proclaiming the ways to salvation. But she was mocking them. That's what she was doing. She was actually mocking them. And an evil spirit was making her do that. And um, let me read 18 again. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Verse 19. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone because they was making money off of this, this fortune teller. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And, and watch this verse 20. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. Verse 21. And they teach customs, which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe. Verse 22, then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Them is Paul, Timothy and Luke. Uh, verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely or securely. I'm sorry. Verse 24, having received such a charge. He put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But I want you to watch what Paul and Silas, uh, Paul, Timothy and Luke were doing. 
Verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Praise God. Hallelujah. They were thrown in prison for nothing because they had not broken any laws. And I want y'all to keep your focus on that. They had not broken any laws. Verse 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Oh, when you belong to God, let me tell you, he'll get you out of jail, but he also will create a situation where someone can get saved. Now I want you to watch this verse 27 and the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing, or he thought the prisoners had fled. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he knew they were going to kill him if they would have, <laughs> the magistrate would have killed him. Uh, verse 28, but Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Verse 29, then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Now I want you guys to listen to the question that the jailer asked them and the answer that Paul and Silas gave the jailer, it has never changed. Okay. Verse 30. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Cause he knew that was a divine intervention, honey. How else did all of those locks come off and all of those doors were open, but none of them left. God created this situation just so this man could be saved. Now listen to the response from Paul and Silas. Verse 31, 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. They didn't say, come join our denomination. They didn't say, keep the 10 commandments. They didn't say you have to follow the laws of Moses. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household because your household is going to hear the gospel. Verse 32. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes because they had been beaten and were still singing hymns and praising God in the jail. My Lord, my Lord. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Verse 34. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. Verse 35, and when it was day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, let those men go. You see how God can work it out? If you are in prison, especially unjustly, God will get you out of prison. Okay, but check this out. Paul, <laughs> Paul remind me of myself. He, he really does. Um, third, verse 35 again. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, let those men go because they hadn't done nothing around here, putting people in jail for nothing. For preaching the truth, teaching the truth, and casting that demon, that evil spirit, out of that young lady, that young girl who was a fortune teller. Verse 36. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul. They came back and told Paul, saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. But look, look at Paul's response. Verse 37. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly uncondemned Romans and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. And that's written with an explanation point behind 
a point behind it. No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. Verse 38. And the officers told these words to the magistrates and they were afraid. The magistrates were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. See, Paul, Timothy and uh, Luke were Romans because they used the word they. But I think Paul was the only Roman, though. Um, verse 39, then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. Verse 40. So they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. They encouraged them what? To stay in the faith. No matter what you see, no matter what you're going through, no matter what they say to you, no matter what they do to you, stay in the faith. Now we have reached chapter 17. Now, when they had passed through, and this is verse one. Now, when they have passed through Amphip Amphipolis, that's what that is, Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Verse two, then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures. Verse three, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. This was the Jews issue. They knew about the Messiah from the Old Testament scriptures. They knew that the Messiah was coming. They knew that the Messiah was supposed to come and, and, and set up the kingdom of God and put them back on top in Jerusalem. What they were missing is that the the. Messiah, Jesus had to come and deal with sin first, the dying on the cross. Jesus had to come twice. He only came once. They are missing the first coming of Christ. That's what they didn't understand. The dying on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. This is what the apostles were trying to tell the Jews for years. And they are still trying to tell the Jews today, not the apostles, us. That Jesus, that Jesus who came and was tortured and who performed miracles. Oh, yes. And that they saw and knew about was the Christ that Moses was talking about that was coming. And this is why Paul, as custom, went into the synagogue to explain to them. Y'all, look, you, you guys, you still waiting on the Christ, but he came already. It, that was him, Jesus, who died on that cross. So that's that's what this is talking about. Verse four. And some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and and not a few of of the leading women. When they say and not a few, they mean a lot of them, a lot of the um, devout Greeks and, and leading women join Paul and Silas. OK, on um, verse five. But the Jews who were not persuaded. Uh, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Verse six. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here to my Lord. Verse seven. Jason has turned the world upside down, by the way, meaning with the gospel, <laughs> talking about Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. You don't have to follow the laws of Moses anymore to be in right standing with God or to at least please God. Now you grace has arrived. That's what they, they don't understand that. They, they really don't. Some people today don't understand it. 
um, verse seven, uh, again, Jason has harbored them and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Now they didn't switch from Moses. Caesar was their king. Okay. Saying there is another King Jesus <laughs> verse eight. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. Verse nine. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Uh, verse 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. They never stopped with their mission. Okay. They went into the synagogue of the Jews. Verse 11. These were more fair minded than those in Thessalonica, meaning they were more open minded in that they received the word with all readiness and search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. And this is so important. And I taught this in another um, series before. You don't just let somebody give you a scripture and you don't follow up. These people were more open-minded for the truth. They heard it and received it. See, you at least have to at least be given an opportunity to hear the truth. And so those who want to receive the truth usually receive it. Okay, they are hearing it. And then they'll receive it. These people in Thessalonica received the word with all readiness. Okay. And searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. They wasn't going to let nobody, you know, um, con them in these scriptures. Like a lot of these false teachers are doing to the people. And the people are not taking the time to, to search the scriptures. Verse 12. Therefore, many of them believed. And also not a few of the, uh, of the Greeks, prominent women, as well as men, not a few, meaning a lot of them. That's just how they talk. That's their dialect. Verse 13. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Be Berea, they came there also and stirred up the, the crowds. Why they couldn't just stay where they were? Why they had to come and try to uh, disrupt the truth of the scriptures that Paul and Timothy uh, and Luke were sharing verse 14. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. Verse 15. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, speed, they departed. Verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols, false gods. OK, verse 17. Therefore, and the spirit within him was the Holy Spirit. OK, therefore, verse 17, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Verse 18. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him and some said, what does this babbler want to say? Calling Paul a babbler here. Others said he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because <laughs> uh, something contrary to what they were believing and worshiping because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. People didn't understand it. And, and I get it. And Paul got it. But he still had to get, be given an opportunity to explain. You can't just come say, believe on Jesus. You have to explain to them who Jesus is. Now, uh, verse 19. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine is 
of which you speak. Now, the Areopagus was like a court and it, it's located in Athens, Greece. And it was a, a building that was used for um, a, a gathering for issues. It was like a courthouse. OK, saying, may we know what this uh, new doctrine is of which you speak? Verse 20, for you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. Verse 21, for all the Athenians and and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new things. Okay, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. Now listen to what Paul tells them now here. Verse 23, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. They don't even know who God is, which is why they are giving Paul an opportunity to share with him. I mean, to share with them. OK, to the unknown God is what Paul saw written in their synagogue. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Okay, verse 24, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Did y'all receive that? So people who go on the church out, out of obligation, honey, let me tell you, God is not there made with hands. God is supposed to be in the people that's in the church. And if God ain't in you, it doesn't make no sense for you to even go to church. You shouldn't even go to worship. Okay, verse 25, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life, breath and all things. And when he says worship with men's hands, meaning uh, uh, objects made with men's hands. Okay, verse 26, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed pre times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Now, right here, verse 10, if I was a false teacher, I can stick some racism in right here. But he, but, but listen, I want you to listen carefully. Uh, verse 10, blood, he had, I mean, verse 26. I'm sorry, I don't know what I was thinking about with verse 10. Verse 26, and he has made from one blood, that ain't what a racism coming at, every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, that one blood comes from Adam, okay? Adam, we all come from Adam, all ethnic orientations, backgrounds. We all come from Adam, all skin colors and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Now, if I was a false teacher, I would use this, the boundaries of their dwellings as separation. That is not what this means. Y'all hear me? That is not what this means. It's talking about the unity of human race. Now, uh, it was never God's intention to have humanity, the jewel of creation, as divided as we are today. That was not God's intention. The essence of the Holy Trinity is best uh, appreciated when we consider both the uniqueness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the unity of, of Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Now, while every human being is unique, God calls us to take on his character and unite with others. We are united by blood. Okay. Everyone's blood is, is red unless I miss something. Y'all, if y'all know something different, you tell me is, is if your blood is not red and you are still walking this earth, I want to know you. 
Now for he, he made us from one blood. He also redeemed us with one blood, the blood of Jesus. We are also united in our seeking of God and in the hope we pursue. Now let us work together great, you know, uh, toward greater love and unity based on our common origin and our common destiny. Okay. Um, now what I was talking about in terms of uh, our dwelling place, the only separation that God ever talks about is his people being separated from unbelievers, non-believers. Now, if we are gathered together and connect with non-believers, ain't no ifs, ands, and buts about it, you will be persuaded by that non-believer. That's the only reason that we had our own boundaries, you know, in our own dwellings, because God separated his people from the non-believers. Now, if I was a false teacher, I could have tricked you right there. Okay, that's why these scriptures have to be rightly divided. Now, verse 27, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Okay, verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Verse 29, therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone. These were the statues that these people had created and were worshiping and had an inscription to the unknown God. Paul is telling them about the, uh, the true and living God. Okay. That's what our responsibility is. Okay. Something shaped by art and man's uh, devising. Paul is saying that this, that's not who God is and that's not where he is. You can't feed a statue. A statue can't breathe. It can't eat. It can't move. It can't save you. It can't deliver you. It can't heal you. And uh, it can't eat human food. So why on earth would you worship something that can't do anything? Because people want to worship things they see. That's why it's hard for people to worship something that they can't see. That's why Jesus said, blessed is the man who, who believes in having seen. Verse 30, truly these times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. You got to switch and change from those idol worship, those idols and, and, and things made by the, uh, uh, the hands of men. You got to switch away from that. God used to turn his uh, a blind eye to it. Not anymore. Saints, not today. You are hearing the truth today and you need to receive it. Verse 31, 31, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And this is what triggered uh, these people to stop listening. Uh, verse 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked while others said, we will hear you again on this matter. Some were interested because you see, they were already worshiping an unknown God and he's trying to explain to them who the true and living God is. Some started mocking their hearts. Wasn't right. Wasn't looking for the truth and others whose heart was right. Like today, whose heart is right, who will hear this word and they will accept Christ. Okay. So verse 33, so Paul departed from among them. 34, verse 34. However, some men joined him and believed among them. Diocesis and the Areopagite, 
uh, I'm sorry, in the Areopagite, a woman named Damaris. That's my middle name, y'all, by the way. A woman named Damaris and others with them. Now we have reached chapter 18, praise God. Mm-hmm. Isn't this interesting? You can't say. The Bible, if nothing else, is very interesting. But these are true true events, which is why they are, uh, the Bible is considered to be a history book. Okay? Because all of these things did happen. It's not happening today. Uh, for the most part, miracles are still happening, but you will find them in remote places where people really, truly are filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, if I have time at the end of this chapter, I will share with you uh, when I prayed for a young lady, laid hands on her and her words were, I felt something lift off of me. This truly happened. And I'm not talking about years ago. This happened about two weeks ago. Okay, now, 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 let's continue. Chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. Verse 2. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla, because uh, Claudius, who is Claudius Caesar, had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. Verse 3. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked for the occupation. They were tent makers um, for the occupation. They were tent makers. Paul was a tent maker as well. Um, verse four. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Verse five. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. He kept trying to convince them that Jesus was the Christ. It's not that the Jews just, you know, rejected Christ. They just didn't understand that he had to come twice. They were missing that in the scriptures. They didn't get the two parts, the two comings, one for the forgiveness of sins, dying on the cross, going into hell for three, three days and three nights, fighting the devil, taking the keys. And so that he now has the keys to, 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 uh, death and, and life. And they didn't get that part. That's all. So they had to keep persuading the Jews with that, with that word. See, we, we defeated the devil by the uh, blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony is Jesus rose from the dead. On that third day, he defeated the devil when he came out of that tomb. Okay, verse six. I was getting ready to start preaching. Uh, verse six. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, your blood be your be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Paul was getting tired. Mm -hmm. Paul was getting tired of trying to persuade the Jews. And some of them, a lot of them believe, but a lot of them today still waiting on the coming of the Lord Jesus, the first coming. And if death catch up with them before they catch up with the word, the truth, and believing that the Jesus that already came and died and rose and ascended into heaven was the Christ. If, if, if death catch up with them before they catch up with that truth, they're going to hell. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Verse seven. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice. One who worshiped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Verse eight. Then uh, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household. And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Verse nine. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. Meaning don't you stop preaching the gospel. 
Okay, because God was fighting vigorously to save his people, which are the Jews, the lost sheep of Israel, the ones that don't believe. God was using the apostles to fight vigorously, but also to teach the word of salvation to the Gentiles. Praise God for that, because if it wasn't for the Jews rejecting uh, uh, Jesus, we would never have heard the uh, gospel. So because of that, we are saved. Oh, praise you, Lord. Okay, verse 10, for I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. God is telling Paul, uh, I don't know if Paul was losing uh, courage or being discouraged, but Paul just, I mean, the Lord Jesus just spoke to him and encouraged him to keep going. I got you. I have your back. I have a lot of people in this city and they are not going to harm you. Keep preaching the gospel because there were people who still needed to hear it. If you don't hear it, you can't receive it. You have to first hear the gospel and make a decision on whether or not you are going to receive it. Verse 11. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Verse 12. When Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat. But remember what God said, you're going to be okay. Verse 13, saying this fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. Verse 14, and when Paul was about to open his mouth, Galileo said to the Jews, if it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes or Jews, there would be reason why I should bear with you. Verse 15, but if it is a question of words and excuse me, and names and your own law, look to it yourselves. For I do not want to be a judge of such matters. Verse 16. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Now, Galileo um, was a, a senator. Okay. Um, verse 16. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Verse 17. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue and beat him before the judgment seat. But Galileo took notice, took no notice of these things. He turned his head. Yes, he did. Verse 18. So Paul still remained a good while, but you notice they didn't hurt Paul because God had already said, uh, no, they, they won't hurt you here. I'm going to protect you. Keep going. Um, then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at um, Centuria in, uh, I'm sorry, in Centria, for he had taken a vow. Verse 19, and he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. Now, the vow is difficult to identify. Let me say that. A Nazarite vow could not be under, uh, undertaken outside of Judea. So this was probably some private vow of thanksgiving for the fulfillment of God's promise to him and his uh, protection in Corinth. Because you got to remember, God promised to protect Paul there. Okay. Um, what verse are we on? Uh, verse 19. And he came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. Verse 20. When they asked him to stay a, uh, a longer time with them, he did not consent. Because Paul was on the move, verse 21, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you, God willing. And when you travel and you got to say of God willing, because there's certain places God don't want you to go to and certain places he don't want you return to 
to return to. Okay. So if God willing, I'll come back, which is what Paul was talking about. And he sailed from Ephesus verse 22. And when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. Uh, verse 23 after he had spent some time there he departed and went over the region of Galatia and and Phrygia um, in order strengthening all the disciples encouraging them to stay stick to the faith continuing them to do the work uh, help the needy and share the gospel when the opportunity presents itself that was the encouragement uh, the encouragement verse 24 now a certain Jew named Apollos born and at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. Verse 25, this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. You see how they talk? So he wasn't uh, speaking accurately. He didn't speak accurately of the things of the Lord because because he only knew the baptism of John. But here we go. Verse 26. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Aquila and Priscilla heard him. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. OK, verse 27, talking about Jesus. Um, he knew if he only knew the baptism of, of John, John the Baptist, he didn't know the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So they have to explain that to him as well. Okay, verse 27. And when he desired to, to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. Verse 28. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Now, saints, we reached verse 19. I mean, chapter 19. Let's see if we can do it. Let's see if we can do it. Verse one. And it happened while Paulus was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to be preached to anybody who want to receive Jesus. Okay. The, the apostles didn't cut no corners. Verse three. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism, John's baptism doesn't save Jesus does. Y'all need to get this verse four. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. Verse five. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They didn't run from it. They received it. Verse six, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Verse seven, now the men were about 12 in all. Verse eight, and he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Verse nine, when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, the way is Jesus, the truth and the life. Before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Okay, verse 10. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Praise God. Verse 11. And God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Listen to this. Uh, verse 12. So that even handkerchiefs 
or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Paul was so filled with the anointing and you, you got to remember how Paul met Jesus, not through the preaching of the apostles or disciples. Jesus chose Paul personally while he was on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians and look at all the power that Paul was filled with. Verse 13, then some of the itinerant Jew, Jewish exorcists, itinerant simply means they were traveling Jewish exorcists. They used to travel to exercise or try to exercise demons out of uh, people. Took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. This is a little comical, but it happened. Saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And look what happened to them. Also, there were seven sons of uh, Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. Verse 15, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Verse 16, then the man in whom the evil spirit was... Uh, in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them. The men who talk about we exercise you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Don't you play with the Holy spirit. If you ain't filled with the Holy spirit, you can't fool demons. Demons scared of the name of Jesus. If the Holy spirit is in you, the power of the name of Jesus coming from that Holy Spirit can cast out demons and heal people. You can't just use the name of Jesus. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit to use it. And that's why a lot of people ain't being saved. That's why a lot of people ain't being healed or delivered. Because the people who are saying come out in the name of Jesus don't have the power of the Holy Spirit residing in them. Now that's a nugget you guys just received. You need to write that down. Um... Uh, verse 17, these became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell on, fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. It was lifted up. Praise God. Praise you, Lord. Verse 18, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Verse 19, also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. That was a lot. Verse 20, so the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Verse 21, when these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. Paul was traveling all over the world performing miracles. You hear me? Verse 20. So he sent into Macedonia, I mean Macedonia, two of those who ministered to him. Uh, Timothy and uh, Erastus. Erastus. Okay. E-R-A-S-T-U-S. But he himself stayed in Asia for a time. Timothy was made a pastor over a church in, uh, um, I think it was Corinth or Galatia. Uh, we'll get to that in doing another study. Verse 23. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. What way? The way, the truth, and the life. Jesus. Verse 24. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Diana, the goddess Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. Oh, he made them a lot of money. A lot of money. Verse 25. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Talking about this false God that they were worshiping. We're making money off of this. 
That's what he's saying. Verse 26. Moreover, you see in here that not only at Ephesus, but throughout most all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people saying that they are not gods, which are made with hands. <laughs> it's a shame. Somebody have to tell you that verse 27. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into dis disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed whom all Asia and the world worship. There ain't no world worshiping, no goddess Diana. Verse 28. Now, when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out saying, great is Diana of the Ephesians. And they did this a long time. Verse 29. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus and Macedonians, Paul's travel companions, verse 30. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. They would have killed Paul. Verse 31. Then some of the officials of Asia who were his friends sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Verse 32. Some therefore cried one thing and some another for the assembly was confused and most of them did not know why they had come together. Verse 33. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. Verse 34. But when they found out that he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. That's what they were saying. Just like these Trump people marching in the streets, worshiping Trump. Make America great again. Make America. And that's just what I just envisioned right here. Lord have mercy. 35, verse 35. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd. He said, men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple is temple guardian of the great Diana of the goddess Diana of the great goddess Diana. See, we almost to the end and I, I'm, I'm getting a little anxious. Let me slow down. And of the image which fell down from Zeus, therefore, now Zeus is supposed to be a storm God, a God over storms. Uh, 36. Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. Verse 37. He's saying, just listen to them. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers or of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Verse 38. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls there. Let them bring charges against one another. Verse 39. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. Verse 40. For we are in danger of being called the called in question for today's uproar. There being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering. Verse 41. And when he had said these things, he disassembled. Uh, he dismissed the assembly. Now, um, or, or charged with uh, rebellion concerning today. Uh, that's what he was talking about. Now, what he was saying is y'all need to just be quiet. It doesn't matter what these people tell us. We all know that uh, the goddess Diana is, is, is our God and that's who we worship. And uh, if these men have broken any laws, look, the pro council is open and they can charge one another. <laughs> they can just uh accuse one another and charge and we can charge or they can charge one another but um that was the end of uh chapter 19 praise god now um 
we will continue next uh, weekend with chapters 20, 21, 22, and 23, 24, 25. And then the following week, we can close out. So um, if today is episode six, that means we have seven, eight, and nine coming, and then we can close out. But let me uh, mention this about healing and having the uh, power of the Holy Spirit within you to do it. If that other person whom you lay hands on believe, you have to first believe you can be healed. About two weeks ago, I um, had an opportunity. I was present. Uh, a young lady um, was having an episode, a mental episode, uh, due to all of the protesting and rioting. It finally got to her and she had a mental breakdown. So she was taken to a hospital and I happened to be there. And so I asked the nursing staff, could they step out of the room and allow me to speak to the young lady? Because I heard her in her rambling saying, Jesus, you know, Jesus is Lord and all that. And see, the devil will use an opportunity like that to make you think that um, people who believe on Jesus is crazy. I knew better. I knew she had a spirit on her that needed to be lifted. I knew that. So the nurses agreed to step out. And so um, the young lady had calmed down and started smiling at me. And, and I told her who I was. I told her I was a minister of the gospel and that I wanted to pray for her. And was it okay if I did so? And she said, yes. I asked her, did she know who Jesus was since I heard her saying, saying his name? And she said, yes. I say, who is he? She say, he is the savior. I say, he is the savior. Or is he your savior? She say, he is my savior. I say, is he Lord? She said, yes, he is. And I said, well, I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to share with you the prayer that I shared with her because it was personal, some personal things she had shared uh, with me about herself. And so my prayer was directed toward that. But I laid hands on her. And at the very end of that prayer, I asked, I said, the evil spirits leave her right now in the name of Jesus. Now, this young lady whom I did not know, I still don't know, don't even know her name told me she felt something lift off of her and she started acting normal. And I told her, I said, that was that evil spirit that the devil had on her. And I told her she was healed in the name of Jesus and that she needed to continue to praise God throughout this day, tomorrow, and in any other day moving forward, because it was the name of Jesus who lifted that spirit off of her. I don't know what became of her. I do know she was uh, discharged and released later on because I did a follow-up, but I'm here to tell you, if you believe in healing, if you believe in the Holy Spirit, you can receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is offered to everyone who believes. Okay? Everyone. I received the Holy Spirit about 12 years ago and been saved for over 28 because I hadn't heard about the Holy Spirit. When I was called into the ministry and started studying uh, for my uh, bachelor's, master's, and then doctorate, I learned about the Holy Spirit through my studies. Okay. The Holy Spirit is where the power comes from in the name of Jesus. You saw what happened to those, uh, uh, men who were, uh, itinerant traveling exorcists, traveling Jews who traveled to, to perform exorcism out of people by performing certain rituals over them not in the name of Jesus. You saw what happened when they tried to use the name of Jesus, the demons turned on them. So that's why you are not seeing miracles happen in, in, in churches today or um, in, in meeting places and fellowships because people really haven't received it. And the Holy Spirit will not reside in your heart if he know you are non-believer. You can say all you want. We read the proof. Oh yes, 
Oh yes, you can say in the name of Jesus all you want, but if you don't believe in the name of Jesus, ain't nothing going to happen. Ain't nothing going to happen. I'm a firm believer. And uh, every time I am called to preach and teach somewhere, we do a healing session where people come, you know, you don't have to tell nobody your illness. You come up to the altar. I pray, lay hands on the people and move to the next one. And, um, and, and I ask, send me emails with your praise report, you know, because uh, if you are not healed, it's because you didn't believe it because God is still healing today. Now, with that said, saints, I want to encourage you to continue in the faith. Those who are listening for the first time, go over these scriptures and um, uh, don't try to understand what your carnal mind because you want. You understand by by uh, the teachings that I gave you and ask the Holy Spirit, ask God to give you understanding and he will. He promises to do that. If you ask for understanding, he will give it to you. Um, but we are, are still touring the book of Acts, the uh, early church and how the Holy Spirit directed the apostles to set it up. And I'm here to tell you, it hasn't changed. Man changed it. That's why the church is all out of order today. Man changed it. We are supposed to continue in the doctrine, meaning the teachings of the apostles. And that's what I'm doing. So um, I want you to continue to practice physical distancing uh, between six and eight feet away from anyone, wear your mask when you are in public, uh, continue to pray for the unity of the body of Christ because we are divided. Some are teaching the truth and some are not. Okay. So, uh, we have a platform, use your platform to preach Jesus and lift up his holy name. He is the Christ. He is the savior. He is our redeemer. He is our deliverer. He is our healer. Continue to share that message saints. And if you ha are able to help out another sister or brother in the body of Christ financially, and you know they are in need, you have an obligation to do it. You, you, yes, you do. You ain't going to help if you don't. It's just that you are operating out of the will of God because that's what they did in the early church in the book of Acts. Every collection that was taken was taken up for the needy uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. It was not going to build a bigger building because you can meet at your house. You can meet online. Thank God for this platform. You know, I have over a little over 50,000 followers, but um, I, I, I praise God for that. And I'm here to tell you just because it's 50,000, it could be 100,000. It doesn't mean everybody believe in what they hear because they have been programmed by other information instead of allowing the truth to come in. You guys know I, I, I talked about when your heart is right, God will make sure he send you a teacher to teach you the word. To teach you the word. So uh, with that said. I am Dr. Kamala D. And I can't wait to share with you next week. Peace out. I pray that you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message. Please send your comments or questions to. TalkingBibleTruth.cd at gmail.com And if you would like to support this podcast financially because you feel we have been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now until next time, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.